0: Consultant, venture capitalist, retired chairman of RSA. Art Caviello plays many roles, and through them, he has a unique view on how the information security marketplace is taking shape for 2016. Who does he see emerging as the winners and losers? Hi, I'm Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I want to welcome you to Part 2 of a two-part interview with Art Caviello, We pick up the conversation talking about the movers and shakers and the forces shaping the information security marketplace. All right, given your interaction with up-and-coming companies, younger players, how do you see the information security marketplace taking shape in the coming year?
1: Look, at at the RSA conference, which I didn't attend for the the first time in, in about 100 years, you know, I was told there were 500 security vendors. When I do have access to, to some of these higher end uh, companies through consulting, and, and even just with my network of security officers that I stay in touch with, they all have the same complaint. It's just way, way too many solutions that aren't being presented to them in any particular coherent way. They understand the issue of balancing risk with their security regime, they understand prevention versus detection and and response. The devil, of course, is is in the details about how they go about doing that. So, you know, as I do my my venture investing, I've seen companies come to me and and they have this next tool. And I said, you know, your tool is great, but you're not going to get any traction in the marketplace unless you figure out how it fits into a continuum of capabilities, and you've got to make sure your product links to that continuum of capabilities, which means other vendors' products. So that's one thing I'm seeing. The second thing that they they tell me is is the manpower issue. They just don't have enough people. So I am very, very bullish on managed security services and, and being able to uh, – bring those kind of capabilities to market because security operations center personnel, we're not scaling fast enough. I'm also, quite frankly, again in my spare time, working with a, a couple of colleges and, and universities on their programs because we can't graduate enough of these, uh, of these people fast enough. So um, that's, that to me is, is one of the bigger issues that, that are, are facing the security community today
0: where do you see the disconnect between business and academia in terms of being able to turn out trained personnel that can step right into roles and make a contribution?
1: There used to be a disconnect. Increasingly with the, with the better programs, I, I think they're overcoming that disconnect. And the disconnect used to be that they would have static programs that by the time these kids graduated, The whole landscape is moving so fast that their knowledge would be obsolete. So increasingly, you're seeing these programs reach out, and you're having much more work between the schools and with the vendors, between the schools and and with companies, so that the students get a continual look at a combination of, of both technology as well as the problem set. And the, the better programs are doing just that. As a matter of fact, uh, there's a couple of programs that actually are, are doing a level of managed security service where the students are, are working real time on on real problems. And, and if, as opposed to a, a cost center, their schools are making a little bit of money with it. And, and I applaud that, and I think there probably needs to be more of it.
0: Do you think we're getting closer then to producing students that can go right into the workplace? In other words, if you were at RSA still, do you see people you could use?
1: Oh, yeah, no question. No question. And, and RSA is, is recruiting from, from some of these schools directly, but it is incumbent on the vendors to really bring these kids along and basically have a postgraduate program or a uh, post-master's and post-PhD program in security in terms of their, their training. And, and one company, Optiv, which is the, now the biggest distributor in North America of security technology, has an Optiv University, for instance, and they're, they're actually bringing, uh, bringing kids in, but also bringing uh, customers and, and prospects in uh, to teach them about, about security, and, and, you know, I, I think we need a lot more of that.
0: Now, we talked a little bit about your concerns about security, privacy, about the, the, the threat landscape and critical infrastructure as we head into 2016 how would you characterize your top cybersecurity concerns what would sort of be your agenda
1: you know i hate to say it but it's it's round up the usual suspects right i'll take the question two ways one would be the adversaries um, and two would be would be kind of the the verticals that i see you know most in in, in trouble so, you know, in, in terms of the adversaries, it's just amazing to watch this kind of back and forth between between China and, and the United States on, on cyber. But, you know, it, it's clear the the attacks from China are, are unabated. But China's not the only one. Um, I, you know, Russia is, is just a, a, a boiling pot of uh, of adversarial people that are coming at after us more from a, a criminal standpoint, but I, but the you know again the Russian government is no slouch, but they just don't have quite the uh, manpower devoted that, that the Chinese do, and there's other countries as well, and then countries that sponsor terror that that you constantly have to worry about, um, like Iran. Uh, I remember as as I left RSA, the spending in in security in in the Middle East was just unbelievable and the priority that it was, it was getting. And, you know, it, again, it's not because their issue is, is fanciful. They, they are clearly, clearly were And then, of course, the, the criminals continue to, to have their ecosystem of, of attackers and attack methodologies, and, and there's an active market for, for all of these things that, that continues to go on. And one of the tragedies, quite frankly, of the whole Snowden disclosure, no matter which side of the fence you're on, it is the fact that it it set back cooperation between the the U.S. and and Europe and and South America. Um, And and that, that to me, is is the biggest shame. So that's the adversarial side. On on the vertical side, again, I I predicted this last November, two things I predicted. One was that we would see direct nation attacks on corporations. Within a month, we saw the the attack on, on Sony. I wouldn't be surprised to see... Some level of continuity uh, there. Uh, the second prediction I made was that, of course, retail was going to continue to get hit, but that we could expect attacks on healthcare. And then with, within three months, you know, we heard about the attack on Anthem, and the healthcare industry is one that's really woken up to the threat and spending a lot of time, as is the retail. But you know, again, it's only a matter of time before all of the verticals have to worry, and, and I continue to worry about critical infrastructure. Obviously, the financial services industry is, is, is among the best at, at protecting themselves. But I worry about, uh, the power grid, telecommunications companies, again, are really good at protecting themselves. Uh, but n- neither one of these verticals is, uh, is immune uh, to attack. And, of course, our own government. I mean, I, I just think that whole OPM debacle was, quite frankly, disgusting. Uh, it, you know, for that many people, to, to not only uh, have their, their uh, credentials stolen, but somewhere in the order of 5 million fingerprints. So, I mean, clearly, Congress has to budget more money for this, and, and we've got we've to stop the, the partisan bickering and get some bills passed.
0: You know, you find yourself in a unique perspective stepping into the new year. You're in a, in a place where you're not beholden to any one particular interest. How are you you going to address some of your concerns? Because I know you're not, you're not just going to sit back and observe.
1: Uh, well, you're absolutely right. I, I love the position I'm, I'm in right now. And I, I've actually, and I'm not at liberty to disclose all of it today, but I've actually been able to convene a, a group of folks from the um, high-level people that are out of office, which was a prerequisite, from the various constituencies, law enforcement, the Intel community, defense, homeland, uh, but also working with the, some of the trade associations, the International Association of Privacy Professionals, the Center for Democracy uh, and, and Technology, the uh, Internet Security Alliance. So, I've been able to actually bring a, a number of these people together to talk about how we come up with a, a coherent policy, and and I plan to continue to, uh, to speak out and once we we have our act together, you know, we want to bring some of our ideas and thoughts to corporations. We want to bring some of our ideas and thoughts to to Congress and and the executive branch. And in an election cycle, I I think we have an opportunity to make a a real impact. I I was just so monumentally frustrated. Twelve years ago, Clark had uh, presented the the strategy to secure cyberspace with the Bush administration. When, you know... um, Six years after that, President Obama did a 60-day study on on cyber and came up with uh, recommendations. Six years after that, after the the uh, the Sony attack, you know, the president convened us in uh, in Silicon Valley at, at Stanford University. But all three occasions, the same thing was said: we need a better public-private partnership. Well, where the heck is it? So. You know, these are the things that, that sometimes have to be driven outside the government and, and government can't necessarily lead. So if we can get some concerned people that have the uh, different points of view and, and bring it to corporate and bring it to government, maybe we can pull some things together here.
0: All right, it is a presidential election year in 2016. Your opinion, are presidential candidates going to have to have a cybersecurity agenda policy?
1: I certainly think they should. I mean, it, look, it, it, within three or four years, this digital revolution that we've been on a path for for, for nearly 50 years, while it's not going to be complete, it is going to permeate every fabric of, of almost everything we do. I mean, they're, they're talking literally about hundreds of billions of, of IP-enabled uh, devices. Um, how can you have... Um, an administration that is not paying very close attention to something that affects our economy, our, affects our, our defense, and, and quite frankly, it, it affects how we how we interact with one another. Um, clearly, every one of these candidates ought to have uh, a digital and a, and a cyber policy.
0: All right, it's going to be an interesting year. I look forward to seeing how it unfolds. And I look forward to tracking it through your observations. Thank you so much for your time and your insight today. it's a pleasure, Tom. Been talking with Art Coviello, retired chairman of RSA. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.